Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 344 and it is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. We are back once again. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Rhode Island Comic Con 2023 uh, recap of our experience uh, this past weekend uh, taking place at the uh, Rhode Island Convention Center. Um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. We're gonna talk about some some of the highs, some of the lows, some of the cool things that we've seen, some of the uh, ridiculous money we spent <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> yes. Oh, that that evil voice, oh, yeah. yourself. Oh yeah. It, it was in my it, it got into my ear back. I held on for a while, but then after mm-hmm. a while, it was just like, you know what? Yeah. You gotta do it. Yeah. You know, it's like I had the angel and the demon, you know, on on my shoulders. And oh, were, the demon one. Oh, even the angel was like, "Yeah, just buy that shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In those words. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we'll be talking about all that good stuff uh, for this week. Uh, first off, uh, a, sh- a quick shout out to um, our audience, uh, viewers, and listeners like yourselves. Uh, thank you for watching our show. Uh, whether it's on Facebook Live every week or just catching our audio episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, or your uh, podcasting platform of choice. Uh, we thank you uh, for your listenership, viewership, uh, and your support. Absolutely, uh, we absolutely love it. Um, as Carl is sharing the episode on Facebook Live, you can always uh, come come through and uh, leave a comment on our uh, fa- live Facebook Live feed. Uh, and, you know, we'll respond and, you know, you can just join in the festivities uh, as it were, uh, so yeah, um, stuff, stuff, some new stuff that's been going on. Um, you know, SmackDown is going to the CW because NWA completely messed that up. Oh yes, I heard about that. And did you get a nice? How well? How much did it tickle you? Oh yeah, uh, LOL NWA. Uh, is is a new thing now for me. So it's a new it's a new wrestling hashtag. But back in the day, like ten years ago, it was LOL TNA. Now it's LOL NWA. Like you talk about, um, you know, the fumbling the bag awards of 2023, and we've got some we've got some recipients this year. <laughs> Billy Corgan and the NWA. Oh man, what, like oh man, you, you talk about you have a you have a a. A, a, a deal with a network television, uh, uh, you know, network, network, you know, the CW, which means that a lot more eyes going to be put onto NWA Power and this other NWA based reality show that you had planned. But then you had a NWA pay-per-view and then you had a segment where uh, I think Father James Mitchell and a bunch of scantily clad women uh, were appearing to doing coke yep. on TV. I don't, it doesn't matter if it was prop coke or, or real coke. Might as well have been real coke because apparently CW found this footage and said, eh, eh, no, we're not going to put y'all's asses on, on the team. No, no. Nah. They said that, you know what we're going to do? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to uh, broadcast your show, not on our, not on television, but on the CW app. So the only way you can watch NWA programming is by downloading the CW app on your phone or tablet, and then rem- and then trying to remember if NWA is actually on because it can be easy to forget, I guess. But 
damn you talk about the fumbling the bag awards like when, when, when we when we do our recap episode of 2023 we're gonna have i'm gonna have like a top five fumbling the bag moments of this year and, and i'm okay with that yes I, I, i'm okay with that yes uh booger sugar is responsible for <laughs> nwa's law tv deal loss I mean, who I I just want to know who was it that just said, you know what? Doing coke on national TV sounds like a great idea. I mean, I mean, I mean, damn. I mean, was Billy Corgan trying to channel the spirit of Herb Abrams? Because I I don't know. (laughs) You know what? I mean, he is trying to bring back the territories, apparently. You know. Bringing back the spirit of her, Herb Abrams, I, I can. I, I it, it sounds like it at this point. I, I, it might as well. I mean, my my God. I mean, first of all, it's bad enough that you put the belt, you put you put the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the ten pounds of gold on, fucking Tyrus, and then and then you lose your TV deal because you're. Because you couldn't get off that stuff, man. They just wanted to party. He just wanted to party. I mean, even Tony Khan has the common sense to not, <laughs> to not do it on TV. Yeah. yeah, you can see he's on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not going to be taking this fucking shit. <laughs> oh, man. LOL NWA. And shout outs to Roberto Gonzalez uh, for uh, for joining us in the chat. Uh, welcome, brother. Uh, awesome. Macho Man cosplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bars. Mm-hmm. Freak out, freak out. Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, what's uh, what's what's good in the hood, Carl? What's new in your world? Crown Jewel wasn't bad. Crown Jewel? You know, I, uh, I, I caught a little bit of it, but I knew it was going to be predictable. Like, all the matches, I pretty much called all the results. L.A. Knight. Wasn't going to win the big one right. because of bloodline bullshit. Uh, Logan Paul, another part-timer. You know, Logan Paul, new U.S. champion, but now SmackDown has two part-time champions. Well, here's the thing, too. You know what? Did Rey Mysterio really need it? No. Neither does Logan Paul. And then who knows? Maybe who knows? Maybe Logan Paul can show up a little, you know, much more to create that storyline with Rey Mysterio. Because there was a, at the end of the match, he was like, yo, I respect you. I respect you. You're a legend. I love you. you had to do, I had to do what I had to do. She was like, you know what you did. You know what you did. Mm-hmm. This is a story. It, can, it creates a story. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> Roberto Gonzalez uh, writes, fuck Tyrus. Somebody call my mama. <laughs> oh, God. Oh my goodness! You know, Th- Thea Vidali would have been a more credible NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could have. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's bad enough that WWE has Lady Tyrus on the in their women's division. You leave my woman alone. I mean, I mean, my God, like, you you got Rhea Ripley, you got you got Bailey, you got Io Sky returning Kyrie Sane. Okay, you, got, you knew about that, but you got Lady Tyrus. God, that, that she still got it with that. Album. Lady uh, Kyrie saying, "Oh yeah, that, that, that shit ain't going nowhere." Oh yeah, the the best double drop in the business today. But yeah, there is no place for Lady Tyrus in WWE. Yeah, there is. 
No, there isn't. Hey, auntie. Hey, auntie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. shout out to Nick Quattrini in the chat. What do you say? One of our top fans. I hear that the wallet is still recovering from the weekend. Mm-hmm. The Bobby Eaton star of the weekend. She stayed late both days and met everyone. You know what? Yes. Class act. Class act. That's what's up. 92 years old and stayed late to meet everybody. Hey, that's professionalism. That's more than that. Oh, speaking of professionalism, a little news. Yeah, what's that? So, uh, are you a Lauren Hill fan? I loved her work on the Fugees and Miseducation, and that's how as far as it goes. I'm not a fan of this Miss Lauren Hill showing up two, three hours late to concerts. She addressed it. Oh, really? She did. And she says, you ought to be lucky that I'm even here. Really? That that that's all she has to say for herself. And no, th- I mean there was a uh, breakfast club. The Breakfast Club. Uh, they had the uh, and they had the audio, mm-hmm. and it was just like, yo, you're pay- we're paying for a service, you know. It's like there's some people who pay, like okay, the your audience that you had back then, yeah. We're we're older now. We got jobs. We got kids and stuff. Like we mm-hmm. don't, we can't be like paying for you to show up mad late. Yeah. One lady even complained that she had to like, she didn't even get to see it because she went to the concert, mm-hmm. but had to leave early. Yep. Uh, to notice simply this: one thing life has shown me. Hold on, that wasn't it. Wait, here we go. Is tired of y'all saying that she's always late for her shows, so she had to address it. People are cheering for that. Fickle. Thank you. In the name of God. <laughs> People are cheering for this. It's like. She knows how to work the crowd, but I'm like, yo, that's not professionalism. It's really not. <laughs> okay, great for her. Okay, you can you can you can cut it off now. You can cut it off now. Yeah, that's 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 great. We we no, because you okay. We don't we don't we need to hear from him because he did a shitty job on the Daily Show this weekend. This week I watched some of it. It was kind of like whatever. I watched like one episode and then yeah, but it was, but he actually brings a point. He's like, "Yo, Lauren Hill has a ch- has a history of like treating her fans like shit." Yeah, but even then, I'm like, "Yo, they're f- they're cheering." I I've, I've seen Lauren Hill on in concert. Yeah, she was late. <laughs> Nas started. It was Nas and Lauren Hill. Nas mm-hmm. went up first. Mm-hmm. Pretty much had no choice to. Yeah, like that would have been the perfect time for them to perform. If I ruled the world together. Yeah, that was what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Nas did his set. Nas did. He ended with "If I Rule the World." Mm. Without Lauren Hill. Without Lauren Hill. Damn. And Lauren Hill. So mind you, you had about what a good hour 
to mm-hmm. like, you know, for everybody to file in for the show to start and stuff, yeah. get a little hyped up. Mm-hmm. Nas did about a good hour and a half, two hours. Yep. Then there was two hours waiting for Lauren Hill. <laughs> what the? F- then an hour of Lauren Hill. Wow. Mind you, she only got one album. One album for one hour. Well, that's that's complete disrespect of your audience's time and money. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, yo, you got a service. You got a, like, you're being paid to perform a service. Exactly. You perform that service. Yeah. On time. Mm-hmm. On time. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you, you know, had, had a, you know, a DJ, DJ gig booked, you show up two hours late, you set up your turntables, you play one song and then you're like, I, I peace out everybody. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Your reputation will be dragged through the mud. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so Lauren Hill's talking about, like, oh, we should be grateful. Nah. Mm-hmm. nah. Come on, man. Like, like, you know better than that. Yeah, that, and she's trying to trying trying to like, trying to give, like, sob stories and whatnot. Nah, we ain't trying to hear all that. Mm-mm. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, where's the accountability? There's none. She's not taking it. No. Nah. And it's a damn shame too, because you know, I mean, it was her choice to not record any more albums. Like she did unplugged, but you know, who who, who listened to and that? And she had that. Yeah, she ended up having like a nervous breakdown, like a breakdown or something. Yeah, yeah, it was her choice to you know fizzle out. First of all, technically, the Fugees did come out with a second album. Yeah, the score. Yeah. No, there was another album. No, because like oh, the score was a second album. Then there was a third album. There was a third album. There was a third album. Really. And it it tanked. I bet it went double styrofoam. Mm. Or double packing peanuts. I had no idea. Because I, I know they had blended on reality, which wasn't well received. It that was their first album. And then the score was like a massive yeah, classic. The, but they but I swear, they, they put out another song. And then... Like another song. I, I know that they did another, a new, like a relatively recent song but um yeah they only have two albums two albums oh shit yeah well they have they have one like lp called bootleg visions or bootleg versions so yeah there's that but uh take it easy it was a song okay they came out with a song called take it easy Mm. oh we've got a john nunez in the chat good seeing you this weekend john yeah he asked us if we went to the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pilot. Uh, the panel, or the, or the panel rather. We'll 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 get to that. We didn't yeah. we didn't go to the panel, but there is a funny story that we we will get to. My takeaway of the weekend: mm-hmm. celebrities love Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, no no adult's gonna be like, "Ew, a baby." No, no. But yeah. My daughter is beautiful and irresistible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So where should we get? Obviously, we'll start with Friday. Um. Yep. First thing that you did when you got. Uh, Friday, I went to. Let's see. I let's see. I, we met at the um at the entrance, at the uh side entrance, the media entrance, and then we went to the um classic Hollywood or retro Hollywood panel. Oh, okay, so you all right? Well, start with me because I got there a little earlier. Yeah. So one of the things that I did, I started my like 
getting comic books graded uh, process. So one of the first, so the first book that I went to get signed and graded was my uh, Black Panther number one that was written by Christopher Priest, and I had him sign it mm. and talk to him for a little bit. You know, just had a good laugh. You know that, and we always and we always been reminded that brothers don't skip. Because <laughs> that was a story that he told years ago. He's like he was so happy. That he got, you know, he got to work for Marvel, and he was like, he had to remember that brothers don't skip. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we talked to him, and then I think what's the no, and then I end up, um, I end up talking to Don McGregor, mm-hmm. and I had two books of his to be uh, signed and graded. One of them was it was a journey through mystery book that he wrote honestly from what he said it was like two panels of it but it was his first marvel work mm-hmm. and then there was another another what was another the other book that i had and i don't even have that i don't even have the receipt with me but it was another it was another book oh black panther versus the kkk uh, which yeah. he told a very interesting story about Mm-hmm. About we actually um, managed to get a uh, interview with him, and it'll be on our YouTube's uh, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I end up getting that signed and graded. So I was like, so I took a break from the, you know from that, and then that's when we end up meeting up for the uh, retro Hollywood stars panel yep. that I did with um, Heather Thomas from the Fall Guys. Uh, Mindy Cohn, who played in the Facts of Life as Natalie. Um, Keith Coogan from Adventures in Babysitting and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Metcalf, who was known as ROTC um, Cadet. Doug Niedermeyer from the classic Animal House. Mm-hmm. And Mike Starr from Goodfellas and Dumb and Dumber and a host of other stuff. Yeah. Um, from an audience standpoint, first of all, it's unfortunate that um we wasn't able to record the panels. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to make sure, like, hey, I got everybody's permission first. The guys, they had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. They was just like, eh, my lawyer will come get you. Meaning, I don't give a shit. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But um, unfortunately, the ladies, one of them. She wasn't comfortable with it, and then number, and then uh, Mindy Cohen, I believe, like she was part of, the, she was on the union, yeah, like on the board, so she didn't want to jeopardize like anything. And they were re- first of all, they were really nice about it. Oh yeah, it was none of that. Oh hell no, you can't record me. None of that. You know, they was like, no, I'm sorry, but because of this, 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 and that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't, I'd rather not be recorded. Yeah. No offense. I took no offense to it, mm-hmm. you know, and but we still had a good time. We still had a good time. They they were really nice. Oh yeah, they had some good stories too, especially Mike Starr. Yeah. Okay. From an audience and from an audience standpoint, what were your thoughts on the panel? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was like. I thought it was really cool. It was. Um, I really enjoyed like the stories that they shared about their experiences, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working with like a lot of like legendary filmmakers like Scorsese. I know uh, Mike Starr in particular mentioned like working with Lumet, uh, George Roy Hill, um, William Friedkin, like his, his, his story about how he worked with him on the movie cruising. Who was, was this? Uh, William Friedkin. Um, no, I'm talking about which uh, celebrity. 
is it Mike Starr? Is it? Yeah. 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 Mike Starr, like he uh, talked about working on Goodfellas. Um, it was an interesting, like, I'm just, like, I, like, um, I know, I know I'm paraphrasing, like he said something about like how, I guess he, his character, like his, his brief appearance, like he tried to ad lib say, saying something in Italian, like saying like good luck in Italian with yeah. Scorsese was like, nah, you can't say that because like he was basically like a low level played like a low level henchman and like, like made men or like top bosses can, can say, can say good luck in Italian. So it's kind of like that little small detail. Right. I, th- I thought that was rather interesting. Um, uh, him mentioning his work with uh again with William Friedkin on the movie Cruising with mm-hmm. Al Pacino, which was pretty controversial for its time. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Um, just ju- ju- judging from what he said about Friedkin, it was like yeah the I can see how Friedkin was was a madman, you know, <laughs> madman director. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool. It was like a real glimpse into like you know, you hear about all of these like legendary filmmakers from the past and you just hear these people who've had experience with them just just chatting about them um i think it was um oh gosh uh who was the act there was another actor that um that sat right next to him um mark, with, mark metcalf mark metcalf um he I, I thought i thought it was really cool he shared like his story about working with mike nichols uh, the legendary director of the graduate with Dustin Hoffman Mm -hmm. and um, I think he said like how Mike Nichols took him aside and said that you know you're a good actor you have to act like one no no it was you're an actor act like a good one exactly I was like that's so fucking good yeah (laughs) yeah that's like so I got I got got, that was that was really cool Uh, I got a laugh out of that yeah I I did too like yeah so everybody was just like so genuinely nice um and um I had a I thought it was pretty interesting how he took his um he taught how uh Keith Coogan Mm -hmm. talked about you know being under the like shadow of his grandfather who was the legendary legendary uh Jackie Coogan who worked with like Charlie Chaplin year like Mm -hmm. as a child as a child so that's years ago Mm -hmm. but um and how it's like his mother never really like pushed him. Mm-hmm. It's like you can do the movies if you don't want to do this movie, you can just say so. But he he didn't do The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. It was something. It was one of those horror movies. Uh, hmm. yeah. No, it was. Um, I want to say it was The Shining. I think it was The Shining. Yeah, yeah. it was. I I knew it was on, uh, one of those classic horror movies, but. I think, deep, but he was like, I think deep down inside, my mother didn't really want me to do it anyway. <laughs> but like, I loved his energy, mm-hmm. um, like the energy that he gave. You know that even in like, even Alyssa was in the crowd. She's like, it felt she felt like Mark Metcalf was kind of like a little bit of a smart ass. But I feel like that's just him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like I'm kind of just like used to that type of banner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keith Coogan, his energy was like off the rails, just like, so just like outright positive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can literally just like have a beer with this guy mm-hmm. and just listen to his stories and have the time of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of good stories. Was just hearing their experiences like over the decades. Yeah, and then one and then one thing too was like so after like after the panel we go you know, we go backstage, everybody's, you know, recapping um how it went how it went and 
I was like, you know, I asked, hey, is it, is it okay if I can, you know, take a picture with you guys? Keith Coogan takes my phone and does it and takes the selfie that you see posted. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> you know, that and Mike Starr, Mike Starr still had stories to tell. He did. I feel like he probably just doesn't have the chance mm-hmm. to get to tell those stories. Yeah. So it's like he finally got a chance to let all that out. I did. I, I, I had to ask about the Dumb and Dumber scene, though. <laughs> like, I just had to. And he's like, we did it in one take because you had to do a scene like that. Now, in, hide, in hindsight and learning more about what I know about movies through you. Appreciate it. But um, I'm like, yeah, a scene like that had to be done in one take. Oh, yeah. Like some moments like you just catch the first time and it's like you can't do any better. No, you can't. Yeah. So um, but yeah, so that was that was indeed a, a lot of fun and a, a learning experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So but I think, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, because that was the last panel of Friday night. Yeah. Now, Saturday. Oh, that line. Yeah, Saturday was a. Uh... That line, I know that it, the 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 line the line for us to get in was just really was really tough, man. It was tough to to walk all the way to the side entrance mm-hmm. and walk through not one but two doors and a metal detector, and then have the security guy just say, "Yeah, come, go ahead, just go on in." He's good at you know a big shout out to the security guy because he's good at remembering faces. Yes, yes, he is. Because he was just like oh, he was here yesterday. Go. <laughs> I mean, whew. I mean, it, it, that was an effort. It took effort to go through all of that, you know, it did. to get into the building. It did. So, um, unfortunately, one of the panels got did get canceled, and it was the one that I'm, I usually get hired for, yeah. which is the um, the AEW panel. Yep. That was going to be with uh, Britt Baker, Orange Cassidy, and. Um, and Dustin Rhodes, whose brain I really wanted to pick. Oh, yeah. Like, I was prepping for these questions, and I'm like, there's so many questions I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I couldn't even get it on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. one question I did have was like, what was a piece of advice that your father gave you that you pass on to your students? Mm. Oh, that would have been a good question. Yeah. Um, and how they feel about, you know... And one of them was and also to like, how do you feel about wrestlers chasing star ratings? Mm-hmm. Oh, like the Meltzer ratings? Yeah. It's usually just, I think the only ones who really were, but just who really do it is just Meltzer and um, Wade Keller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys, what about yours truly? John, you did you did good, man. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see you, but I'm sure, I'm sure you did an, up, you know, an outstanding job, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. You worked a long weekend too. Yeah. All three days. Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah. Get that money, man. Absolutely. Get that money. Um yeah. I did run into Rakeet. I did uh get my uh pi- I didn't even bring my picture with me, but um I did get my uh picture that I took from uh from an indie show with Rikishi and I ended up getting that sign. Mm-hmm. And then I was just talking and, you know, shooting the shit with him and um, I told him that I was friends with uh, his cut co- his uh cousin Lloyd, mm-hmm. who most of y'all know from his time in ECW as LA Smooth. Mm-hmm. So and he's just like, oh really? Like how do you know my? First of all, he signed it to Carl Bloodline, so 
Acknowledge me. I'm in. Okay. And um, so, yeah, we're just shooting the shit. And he's like, yo, so how do you know my cousin Lloyd? How do you know my cousin Lloyd? I'm like, it's so funny. Like, after my father's family, I met him at a golden corral. And he goes, yeah, it sounds like him. He won't be far from a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) I actually ended up talking to Lloyd. Uh Last night, and I told him about that, and we both had a good laugh about that. I gotta show you. He has a he has a documentary out. I gotta send, remind me to send it to you. It was really, I actually posted on the Codex. Okay, on uh, the Codex Facebook, so everybody can see it. It's a really good story to tell. Um, did you get the Pink Ranger helmet signed? I did not. I totally forgot it. Oh, well. Oh well. Maybe next year. Yeah, hopefully I have some money. <laughs> I have much more money. Now, here's the hu- here's the Comic-Con hustle. Yeah. You can pay for autographs and stuff ahead of time. Hmm. So when they announce it, buy it then. Mm-hmm. And then you still can just save up for yeah. like for the show itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um but yeah, I re- I do regret that. Um what else? I did get my Rob Paulson picture signed. I took a picture with Rob Paulson, who was the voice of Raphael from the Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. uh, Yakko from the Animaniacs, and countless, countless voices. Mm-hmm. And um, I did have him sign that picture, and he just, um, oh, he was just like, oh, my God, what was this? And then he didn't quite remember who I was, mm-hmm. which I was like, Thought I had some cool points there, but he was, he was just happy to see like that picture. And he's one person who does just enjoy interacting with fans. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. But before we get to the Adventure Time panel, how did your Saturday go? Um, my Saturday was cool. Um, it was it was nice to kind of you know walk around the floor and um you know just just see some cool things that you know I had my eye on. Mm-hmm. Um. So after, so uh, after what two, three years in a row, um, I finally bit the bullet and I went and I and I visited this uh, this uh, retro uh, console maker, um, who who went by who formerly went by SKG Gaming Retro Gaming, mm-hmm. but rebranded himself as Grandpa Gaming. Grandpa Gaming, thanks yeah. for aging us. Yeah, uh, well, because you know he himself is like an older man, and people thought, "Oh, you're a gaming grandpa," so he decided to rebrand, which I thought was a smart move. Um, yeah, it's actually catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so when I so when I walked over, I I, I specifically one of the first things I, I I did was I specifically looked for his booth, and I saw him, he saw me, we locked eyes, and I said, "I want one of those retro consoles." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> There and was no fight. There was no like no. S- subconscious fight. Nope. I was like, I'm here. I am determined. This is my mission. <laughs> I'm going to get this retro console. I want this retro pie programmed retro console complete with thousands of arcade games, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, Game Boy Advance, uh, Game Boy, Game Gear, TurboGrafx-16, all that. I want that console in my hand with two wireless controllers, you know, I, I want to sit down on my OLED and play some Aliens versus Predator. I want to I want to go back and finish Earthbound on the Super Nintendo. I had I had a mission, and so I said, I said, okay, 
I, I looked at the prices on the the, 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 the Comic-Con prices. I looked at the prices on his website. I said, okay, this is a fair discount. I want one. And just like that, uh, he, uh, he, he took one of the consoles he had, booted it up, programmed it, gave me the console, HDMI cable, two wireless Xbox 360 controllers, and I had gaming greatness in the palm of my hand. All the games that I could that I could play and never want to play from back in the day for the low, low price of four hundred bucks. But four hundred bucks? Because because of the the, the yeah, wireless controls, okay. yeah. So so yeah. For four hundred bucks <laughs> it's like I I bought a RetroPie program powered console. So after so after Comic Con I went home. I played it on that TV, this old TV. Um, the display was a little. Here, hold up. Here, just find 1080p. Yes, my old 1080p Samsung, and I went and I took and I took a trip down memory lane, and I played some some of the arcade games of my childhood. Um, I almost had a tear. I played Aliens. I played ESWAT Cyber Police. I played Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, <laughs> and I beat Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. God, wow, that was a fun beat-em-up. I mean, it's it's the most ridiculous concept I've ever heard, but damn it, I had such a great time with Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I want a, I want a new movie, damn it. I want I want some studio <laughs> out there. I want some studio out there. It could be it could be Netflix for all I care. They can I want a new Cadillacs and Dinosaurs film reboot. We could do it. I mean, hell, I'll take a Tubi version. Oh, actually, I, I won't take it. <laughs> I was like, that's why I said yeah. we can do it. We have a platform to put it on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it, it it was it was it was it was worth the price, you know, because um, you know, with with uh, with retro, with RetroPie with a RetroPie powered console, like it's it's a uh, it's 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 at home. It's at my other house, but um selfish but uh but yeah man it was it was worth it your video game childhood cost 400 bucks for, for listen for for thousands of arcade games any nes snes game boy game boy advance game gear turbo graphic 16 sega genesis sega master system 32x sega cd i'll play night trap i don't care uh <laughs> um five minutes and you'll be done Pretty much, I guess, yeah. Um, all the Atari consoles, Atari, not that Jaguar, but Atari like uh, twenty six hundred, yeah, twenty six hundred. The one ColecoVision. I was like, man, this is this is like gaming history right here, and man, because um, I I because there's a lot of lot of uh, Game Boy Advance and SNES games in particular, especially the RPGs mm-hmm. that I've always wanted to play and finish but i just never had a chance to like golden golden sun for example that's when i really want to i've always wanted to play it i can't believe it's 20 years old but yeah man i i did it um i i i'm in, i'm really enjoying it man those those games those games are it, it, it's it, it brings a tear to my eye man i'm surprised you actually went back to playing spider-man <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still playing. I'm still playing Spider Man. You know, um, go back to playing Duck Hunt. First of all, <laughs> fuck that dog. Yeah, 
I hate Duck Hunt. <laughs> I, I, I actually hate that game. <laughs> and then when he mess, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that dog, that dog, man, was a dickhead. He was. Yeah, every time you missed, he just laughs at you. Yeah. But but yeah, man, um, well well worth it, and um, I I'm enjoying it. I would hope so and, for four hundred bucks. Yeah, I think better move like a PS Five though. Oh yeah, it's like that. But like like the it, it like the console itself was three fifty, but the wire the two wireless controls was an extra fifty on top. Okay. So so that's so that's what it was. But um, but man, to play. To play all those SNES games, Genesis games, and all those RPGs that I've been had my eye on for for years, I feel like you you just went back in time. Mm-hmm. You end up sitting on the couch, yep, Indian style, mm-hmm. and just pictured wherever. I'm pretty sure it was this same house, mm-hmm. wherever you had your TV. Yep. Had your TV on. I'm pretty sure it was downstairs. Yep. Right in the living room. And you just kind of just, you were eight years old again. Yeah. I remember, it, it took me back to the days where I was sitting down with my old, with that old big ass Sony, <laughs> Sony CRT television, which, which emitted a, a loud, a loud E because <laughs> of all the dust that accumulated inside the tube. <sighs> You can't beat that, man. Sometimes you, you, you sometimes you just gotta return to your core. Yeah, yeah, man. It, absolutely. Like I remember, you know, having like a, a a bowl full of like Cheetos paws, and then like, uh, and 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 some Fruitopia, you know. Or, or no, no, no. It was, I had Surge, Surge soda. Surge. You know. Damn. What a time to be alive. Man. You can get Surge now. Oh yeah, I've I've seen it. I mean, some maniacs out there probably sell the actual '90s bottles, and I ain't drinking that shit. No, you can buy a bottle of Surge. Like, oh, oh, is it, is it still around? You can get it anywhere. Um, it like I know one? you can get it through the fountain. You can get it at Burger King. Okay, but uh, pause and Surge. I kind of want some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Took me back then, like back then you had the, like the the gushers fruit snacks. They just yep, yep. Uh, took me back to like you know, Dunkaroos, you know, Kid Cuisine. Yeah. Kid Cuisine was. I wanted Flintstone vitamins and <laughs> Flintstones vitamins. Oh my god! I don't know what they did for me, but it just was candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, just think when Jazzy gets older, you're gonna buy some Flintstones vitamins. Absolutely. Yeah, got it. Got it. The '90s still lives. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but um. Oh my God. But then, so now with some bus- Ghostbusters Ghostbusters. Yes, Ghostbusters H- I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. And it was green. Dude. <laughs> yes, it was. Um. So then it was around like two o'clock, and we had the the Adventure Time panel. Mm-hmm. Now you left because you went to go get something to eat. Um, this is when I really realized that celebrities love Jazzy because mm-hmm. they all went to big shout outs to Wendy. She could not wait to see Jazzy. Mm-hmm. She could not wait. 
So I'm like, can I hold them? Like, yes, you've been waiting to meet. You've been waiting to meet her. Like, yes, <laughs> she was just, she was just like in her glories meeting her. So I, I, I just appreciate when people just embrace my child. But um, yeah, and then the cast of, event of Adventure Time did as well. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Shotter came right to a who is this and all that. Uh, Jessica DeChico was just, I got the, you know, a five year old and a three year old and stuff. I'm like, up oh, here comes the baby dog. Like everybody, oh the cheeks and all that. I'm like, yeah, they got you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, the cheeks got you. <laughs> um, and surprise, and then what was cool was Wendy brought her out. While I was on stage introducing everybody, mm-hmm. first of all, the Comic Con staff was staring at her. They're like, "Whose baby is that? That was the baby!" Oh my god! That was the <laughs> <laughs> but while Jazzy was up, she slept through it. That was a loud panel. That was a full house, mm. and it was a loud panel. Oh yeah, Adventure Time is super popular, and they. Pretty sure every time I saw Wendy, she had the baby. She did. Big shout out to Jay Crandall. He's one of the Comic Con staff. Um, but uh, yeah, he she, like she first of all she slept through the panel. Mm-hmm. But that's my child. She sleeps through me DJing. So. Mm-hmm. But um, it was cool for me for her to see me on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it won't be the last time, but it's like. She got to see this is what daddy does. Mm-hmm. So that was cool for me. Um, just like it was cool to see my see me watch my dad on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and casinos when I wasn't old enough. But that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Adventure Time. Mind you, never watched Adventure Time. Mm. I never watched the show. So how I was able to get through... That panel was beyond me. Hmm. Did the fans ask some good questions about the show? They asked some fun questions. Mm-hmm. And then what was another one that another moment that was cool was during the panel, John DiMaggio just crashed it and snuck up on stage. Oh, nice. <laughs> so and he just came in and everybody was just like, like it just created a great moment for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then there was this one uh, therapist who asked a question, who who got in line for questions. Mind you, it was a lot. We didn't even get to any of them, mm-hmm. to all of them. But um, she thanked the cast because as a therapist, it actually, the show helped her client come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there were some, you know, there were some people with disabilities that came up to ask questions and talk to them, and and it they showed their appreciation because they felt included mm-hmm. in a show. Yeah, and you can tell, you can like tell, like the cast felt like it it, it did something for the cast, mm-hmm. like they felt appreciated. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was so. That was something really cool to be a part of. Like even like Alyssa was like, I want to watch it. I'm interested in watching Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Because I damn sure never like watched it. I never would have. Like I don't know. I must. She says, Oh, you did such a good job. I want to inv- invite them. So then uh, Jessica DeChico was like, At the end, 
you got to have everybody scream adventure time. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So I was hyping everybody up and, you know, in a DJ fashion. And adventure time was really good. It's really good. John is my favorite character. He played Jake the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made him do ben, uh, at Leaving. I made him because he also does the voice of Bender mm-hmm. from Futurama. Yeah. I'm like, I need you to do one thing for me. Just talk to me and Bender. Mm-hmm. He did. And then, and then I was like, just say Bender's full name. Because that was probably like the biggest laugh I've ever heard that mm-hmm. I ever had watching Futurama. Mm-hmm. And he did it. Loved it. Nice. <laughs> you handled it well, especially with John crashing. Thank you very much, John. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jay. Um, where was I going with that? But yeah, yeah. And she did that. We was like, what? And they had uh, Jeremy and John. What time is it? The whole crowd. Adventure time. I'm still surprised how, like, when it got that loud, mm-hmm. I'm still surprised my daughter slept through that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and Adventure Time's a it's a hugely popular show. Huge yeah. Yeah. One of a Cartoon Network's most popular programs. Yeah, absolutely. And um so then afterwards we end up meeting up and we got to interview Don McGregor. Mm-hmm. A legendary Marvel writer who's also written uh, other properties like Saber and Kill Raven. And uh he was um he actually created the Eric Killmonger character. Mm-hmm. And he's from Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. Rhode so exactly. Local legend. So, and this was an interview I've been wanting to get for probably like the past three years. Yeah. Uh, kept up with him. Been trying to get him onto the show. Um, you know, he's a much older gentleman. So it's like it, schedules and things didn't work out, but we finally got this interview done. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your what was your takeaway from that interview? Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to um, him. Um, you know, regale, regale us about his experiences, how how he started in the uh, comics industry, and you know, like all the things that and all the things that he he went through in terms of like creating, working with Marvel, uh, creating Killmonger for Black Panther, and and, uh, and his work on um, another another original character he did. Um, I think it was Saber. Saber, yeah. So I, I was, it was it was a pretty fascinating uh, twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, twenty minutes. But it was like it was a it was very knowledgeable, hmm. very yeah. knowledgeable, very. And I love the way the sound. I love the way it sounds. Yeah, it's very crisp. Yes, my name is, yes. yeah. Good investment on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, it was the one story that he did, and I enjoyed was how Marvel told him that he was way too close to the black experience Mm -hmm. and there wasn't enough white people. I'm like, he's in Africa. Mm -hmm. Not going to be a lot of white people there. Mm -hmm. So he goes, all right, you want some white people? The next issue, Black Panther versus the KKK. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know what? That's petty. And I love it. Oh yeah. That's, that's the best. That's the best response. Yeah, right there. And I just, I made sure I picked up that comic, mm-hmm. and I made sure I got it signed and graded. Yeah, that's the that's the way. <laughs> it is. It, yeah, it definitely is. And then you know, of course, I walked around, and um, as a matter of fact, while we were interviewing Don, so of course I had Jazzy and Alyssa with me, and next sitting next to him was a former Marvel editor, yeah. uh, Jim Salakrup, yeah. and. 
he just decided to he was selling bad sketches <laughs> <laughs> so he just decided to just bless us with three so while we were interviewing he blessed he did this one that says uh where am i because that's that typical jazzy look of course <laughs> mm-hmm. got the cheeks uh, this guy is a, is a lousy artist. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably like the most accurate jazzy picture because Jazzy always like she always has her eyebrows up. She gets it from me. Sorry. <laughs> and then this one, I'm really a lot cuter in which she is bias, of course. And then yeah, that's another one too. That's another face that she makes mm. and with the curtain, got the curls and stuff. So um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really that, that's really that was an honor for him to do that. So um, we're get we're definitely getting it. Um, we're definitely getting it framed, framed, and um, and of course, you know, I had to go ahead and spend a shit ton of money. Well, that's a span between between two day between two days. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, by Saturday, you're like you haven't gone broke yet. You are. You asked me this. He's like. You haven't bought a shit ton of comics yet. Are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. yeah, I'm cool. But I know you went to the. There's one booth that's always there, and I always make sure I check out. Mm-hmm. Is that they have like just strictly like trades, yeah, and hard covers. Mm-hmm. And I know you picked up something. Yeah, I picked up a uh, Wolverine Origins, the complete collection. Uh, by Paul Jenkins. So it has Wolverine Origins 1 and 2. Okay. Yep. So it's like the whole arc. That was a, I, remember, I remember interviewing him. Yeah. Such a great guy. Yeah, we did it at uh, Rock Hocos. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and then from that particular booth, I did buy some... Uh, I did buy some uh, books for my cousins and uh, nieces, and then I ended up picking up the original Sin story by uh, Jason Aaron, which was one I've always wanted to read, mm. but I just never had the chance to like. I would see it in single issue form, but it'll be like three, like I'll just see issue three or mm-hmm. issue four, and um, I'm like, I can't start at three. Yeah. You know, but I found it in trade, and I'm like, all right, I can't wait to get to that. On top of everything else, that's on my backlog. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a backlog. Holy shit. No, I bet. Um, so then, I had, what was the other panel? No, because I had three. Social media. So then my third and final, well, we actually chi- we chimed in, and... What was it Friday? No, Friday night we chimed in on the another social media panel that was hosted by uh Uncle Lewis Perry. Oh yeah, Angry Geek Geeks. Yeah. yeah. And poor Krim Pratt. Oh, he caught an allergic reaction. Yeah, to hey, the yeah. hot sauce. It was the hot sauce and I guess it was like a jalapeno. Uh and it but it looked it looked like it was a lot of fun. I remember they did uh they did, you know. They did like the bean challenge. If you spin the wheel, you had to like eat one of those like weird tasting beans and stuff. And I'm like, mm. Fix gotta do it. <laughs> Fix gotta do it. They didn't call us. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. They'll make sure they're gonna get us next year. <laughs> but um, yes, I also did do an intro for Logic. Um, which is unfortunate because I would have loved to have like been able to host a panel with him. Mm-hmm. You know, me being a DJ yeah. and um him being an artist. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think it would have been cool to have like to, you know, for hip hop to be represented at Rhode Island Comic Con. So I'm sure yeah. there'll probably be another another opportunity. But um so yeah. you know, that didn't work out, but I was able to do to introduce him mm-hmm. and I messed up. Oh yeah. The Apparently time. he noticed it and said it too. Yeah, I saw him. He was like, "Oh, he fucked up." Yeah. <laughs> I I just forgot, I've I had it written down, but I didn't want to use the card and I totally forgot the last four digits mm-hmm. of his song 1-800-273. It's the Suicide Hotline. Yeah. Which is a very powerful song. Actually, my one of my uh favorite Logic songs. Mm-hmm. So, um but yeah, I end up taking a picture with him. Oh, and then as soon as he walks in, what does he see? Who does he see? He sees Jazzy. Jazzy and just, oh my God. I'm like, it took 20 minutes to find him. And then everybody, but the, the first day it was just Jazzy. I'm like, yeah, you're just taking all my, you just, you just, now you're just taking all the glory. She's just, eh. Um, and then she was hungry for a bottle. And the Ninja Turtles panel finished right before that mm-hmm. and I want to say it was the voice of Leonardo but he just came over and cheered her up I saw that yeah like I can't wait to tell I was like I can't wait to tell you this story <laughs> um but yeah it was also cool to see Wayne Knight too yeah that was yeah like sad to see him in a wheelchair but it's like his spirits were pretty good mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know, surprisingly tall well, when I walked in, he was walking to the wheelchair, mm-hmm. and I was like, he, "I'm." I was so surprised he was, like, he was surprisingly tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, caught that, and then the end of the day, excuse me, I end up doing the social media panel. Excuse, excuse me, with of course Stevie Oaks, uh, Jacoby Ray, Ethan Trace, and uh, Quinn Pratt. And it was a pretty good time. It did seem like they were tired. They did, you know, they were tired at the end of the day because, you know, Saturday's the busiest day. Mm-hmm. But we still made the best of it. We still had our laughs, you know. Quinn and uh, Ethan had a had a voice off, and Ethan murdered mm. Quinn. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just had, you know, just had a we had a grand old time. Uh, Jazzy had her in, added her two cents. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun for her. And then um Sunday I spent Sunday just trying to like get, you know, the final comics I wanted graded. Um I didn't have Ming Na Wen was her line was extremely long. Mm-hmm. And then, then she had to do photo photo ops and stuff, so I didn't get to catch her, so I couldn't get my shield number one signed. Mm-hmm. Um there was another one I couldn't Kevin, did you see Kevin Nash at all? No, I didn't see him anywhere. I don't know if he canceled or anything, but I had my Punisher. It was a Punisher number five, and it was the first appearance of the Russian, the character he played in the uh, Thomas Jane uh, movie from 2004. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, Kevin Nash canceled. Mm. Okay, I feel better now. So, um... But yeah, I end up getting the uh, the Spider Man when Spider Man marries uh, Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. I actually end up getting signed, getting that signed and graded by Jim Salakrip because he was actually the editor of it. And then if you notice, if you can remember the uh, cover that there was a heart mm-hmm. 
with the Spider-Man face in it. Yeah. He actually drew the heart. Okay. He drew that. So I ended up getting that signed and graded. So hopefully that's probably going to be about a good two month. That's a good two month turnaround. Mm-hmm. I know one. Of them, yeah. One of them would take a extra time because it's very because it was very vintage. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, I had to stop at I had to stop at some of the comics booths and make some 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 people even made some deals. So one was my spawn number seven. People call this the Call of Duty uh, spawn character uh, spawn cover. Mm-hmm. But what's special about this cover is Tom McFarlane did the cover, mm-hmm. but didn't sign it. He didn't put his signature scroll and signature anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I caught that, and it was an affordable price. Like dope. And then I end up getting this uh, Avengers number six eighty four, which is the first appearance of Immortal Hulk, where Hulk end up gains new powers and becomes Immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. I end up catching a hmm, Dreadnought. You remember that game at all? Mm-mm. Okay. So um, I end up picking that up, and then of course Chris. Always great to see you, Chris. Always. So I end up, you know, going hopping over to a couple of booths. And picked up uh, Black Panther number eight, which was the. Uh, cr- okay, this definitely wasn't the Christopher Priest run, but actually, but it may be. But it was the first appearance of Anika, if you remember her. She played. She was in the Wakanda Forever movie. She ended up becoming one of the Midnight Angels. Mm-hmm. I forgot who. I forgot the actress's name who played her. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. And then also with Miss Marvel, it was the first I caught the first appearance of uh, Red Dagger, who was a part of the Miss Marvel show. She had a small small role. Mm-hmm. Iron Fist fifteen, and I know that's the first appearance of somebody, and I have to look that up. And then I end up catching the uh, end up getting the first appearance of uh, Spider Woman. Hmm. So. Uh, yeah, Issa Rae, come to Rhode Island Comic Con so I can get it signed and graded. <laughs> um, I gotta look this up. Uh, Iron Fist 15. Yeah, so, so you spent a pretty penny getting these graded, huh? Sure did. Hmm. And, uh, uh, let me see. First appearance of Bushmaster from Luke Cage Season 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So I ended up catching a nice deal on that one. So, yep. Bushmaster. John McIver. Oh, yeah. The actor? Yeah. yeah. No, John McIver was the character's movie. Mustafa Shakir was the actor. Gotcha. Who played him? Yeah. Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much about it on my end. What about you? Nice. I'm just curious, like, um, there's no way to open these slabs, right? No. Okay. Yeah. I was just, I was always curious about that. No. Like, you can't, the CGC people have, they, there's a tool that they have hmm. to open them. Gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because once it's in the slab, the, in the in the condition that it's in, mm-hmm. hence the grade. So, it's like, there's a chance, like, you can, like, if you open it again, it won't be, like, a two-point. Mm-hmm. Like a nine point two or whatever, it'll probably go down because who knows? You probably might spill something on there. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. 
And people, like I said, uh, people grade these and they eventually sell them off. Some, yeah, some do. Uh, I'm a collector, so I'm just kind of stingy with it. Hmm. But thankful for the people who do sell them off because I get them. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Uh, what else did I get? Oh, um, next door at the uh, next door at Providence Place Mall, uh, Newberry Comics. Yeah. They they were they were hopping on the Comic Con train by offering a buy one get one off uh, for manga and and graphic novels. As so, they should. Yep, so that's why I got both volumes of The Nice House on the Lake from there. Oh, you haven't even read it yet, huh? Not yet. Uh, but I, will. I would love to see, I would love to hear your reaction hmm. of the first, the first issue. Okay. Yeah, because I've, I've had my eye on that comic for a while and just never bought any of the single issues, so it's great that, that I have both volumes, but I'll definitely let you know what I think of... Uh, the first, the first uh, issue. Once I get around to reading it, yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy Tiny Tinyan's work anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this one, especially like after that first issue, I'm like, oh, I'm in. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, a that's something that A24 could do. Oh, absolutely. With a bigger budget. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I get I get the I get a, get that sense that that's that that book's got that kind of a twenty four horror vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's definitely it. Um, what else? Oh, big big shout outs to uh, Jason Richardson, friend of the show, who's been on the show before. He had a successful J one con. Nice. Uh, and shout out to Brian from the UWO. He was over there, and Dan from the Starting Five. Mm-hmm. They had their Blackfinity Gauntlet uh, discussion, and they had a they had a nice uh, discussion where they just said basically fuck the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community. For those who don't know, yeah, and um, they they had some interesting they they raised some interesting points, especially oh they preached on tribalism. Oh yeah, yeah with a. Uh... Yeah, tribalism like it, it's utterly pointless if you're a wrestling fan. It's like wrestling is for everybody. everybody. Yeah, WWE, NXT, AEW, Impact. Like you can like everything. You one. Oh, AEW. Oh, NWA, <laughs> which which literally might stand for no one watches anyway. But uh, thanks to Billy Corgan. But you know, there's something for everybody. You can like everything if you want. It's it's the, that's the great thing about wrestling, you can like everything, and w- and where does tribalism get you anyway? Get you anyway? You know what I mean? Billy Cokin. <laughs> uh, pump- I should start that. Pumpkin's not the only thing he's smashing. Oh, <laughs> into the fire <laughs> of of the of the, the the fire that heats your spoon. Anyway, okay, I'm done. That's heroin. Oh, it's not crack. See, see, see. I don't, I don't know my white powders. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Tribalism, wrestling, no good. Stop it. It's embarrassing. I yeah. did. Oh, and uh, Aaron Ferguson did ask earlier. Did you see the cool? We walked by them. Like Malik Wilyoba was just. I'm like, hey, it's Malik Yoba. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Not much. How you doing? Hmm. Yeah, I saw him. He was like, standing right next to him. I'm like, oh, that's Malik Yoba. New York Undercover. That's what's up. Yep. And then he see Leon and I'm like, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. (laughs) 
Oh, Five Heartbeats? No, uh, The Temptations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun fact, he impro- he improvised that line. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Hey, it works. Movie magic. Exactly. But here's the thing now. Otis is the only one, the only original Temptation alive. Hmm. So now, everybody's coming to see Otis. <laughs> you got the last laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, J1 Con. They- yeah, they had a very successful con. Uh, um, yeah, Phil Lamar was there on their, on their panel. Oh, really? Phil Lamar from, not Phil Lamar, uh, Phil Moore from Phil Nick Moore. Arcade. Ah, yeah, Nick Arcade. That was a show back then. It was. No, the one that really pissed me off was Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> it was three pieces. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good show too. I didn't get to in, into it too much. My favorite game show as a kid, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, that and I've I've always liked Nickelodeon Guts. That was Guts a, was fun. That was a fun show. I wanted to be on Nickelodeon Guts as did every other kid. Yeah, Guts, Nick Arcade, Wild and Crazy Kids. Mm-hmm. You had to have one of them. All that because, they to me, those were just the coolest kids in the world. Yeah. Um, there was another one. I would say Family Double Dare, but I don't think my parents were even, like, athletic enough to even, like, be, <laughs> to even, like, win us anything. <laughs> oh, Double Dare was great. Mark Summers, man. God, it's taking me back to, like kindergarten first grade go on youtube i mean not on youtube go on hulu and watch the um there's a there's a documentary called the orange years Mm -hmm. and it tells the story of nickelodeon yep that would take you back Mm. because there was things there were aspects i forgot about oh yeah like stick stickly oh my god i remember stick stickly (laughs) oh man oh i also remember um you can't do that on television I don't know. And you get slimed. And if you say water, you just get water dunked on you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Those were the days. They were. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's literally all I got for now. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Rhode Island Comic Con. Quite the experience. Um, oh, uh, uh, update update announcement from my upcoming uh, podcast, uh, Do the Film Thing. Yes, uh, do the film thing. Um, let me just pull up my calendar here. Uh, yes, yeah, so my new podcast, do the film thing, will be launching on Sunday, January seventh. Okay, twenty twenty four. Uh, right now, I'm in the I'm in the mi- middle of uh, creating the first season. So it's going to be the first season of the show is going to be ten episodes. So right now, I'm in the middle of creating all of the audio essays uh, for that uh, project. Um, it's going to be exciting. In-depth reviews, ten films, um, you know, more information uh, in in the weeks ahead. I'll be posting uh, regularly. Uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for Do the Film Thing podcast hosted by yours truly, Victor Romoyo. Sunday, January seventh, twenty twenty four is going to be the launch date. And it's going to be it's still going to be on the same um, on the Codex. Uh, what the hell am I? Feed. On the feed, uh, well, it's gonna be an entirely different feed, actually. 
Yes. So it's going to be its own entity. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, um, but yeah, people will be able to easily find it. Okay. Yeah. I'll still share. I can still share it on like the codex. Yeah. Like, Instagram, like the codex socials and stuff. Just to. Mm-hmm. It's all under. It's all us. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Uh, more more information in the weeks ahead. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I still got some SoundCloud. I mean, mixed clouds coming up. Uh, I got one. I got to do one tomorrow. So there'll be a new one up. I think I'm gonna go old school. Okay. I think I'm gonna go what? what I'm gonna go back in the days, Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. when your mama the, the music that you heard when your mama was ready to clean the house. <laughs> oh yeah. Like a lot of funk, soul. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I never I never got that when I was a kid. I just we just cleaned. Don didn't clean the music? Nah. I mean when I got older I did, but you know, back then I was just like this is damn, why 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 am I cleaning? It's getting it's getting in the way of my Nintendo time, you know? You spoil little brat. <sighs> you know? I mean, imagine me having to sweep, vacuum. Yeah. yeah. Who does that? Me. Vacuuming. I think that was one of my chores back then. Vacuuming the living room. Yeah. I always had to take out. I always had to take out the garbage. Mm-hmm. While my sisters took out the recycling. Mm. Yeah. That's that's backbreaking labor. Oh, you need yeah. to. You need to. It's need mad. To, I tell you, mad. <laughs> You get smacked. <laughs> There's a whole generation of kids who work their asses off that'll just want to look at you and be like, "You need to get smacked." Uh, well, you know, I, I suppose that's how the um, the common rabble survive. And you know me; I'm the first person to tell you, "You ain't shit. You ain't shit." <laughs> the uh, you know, the the great unwashed. Yes, Wait, quite. So people had a childhood without cleaning, Vic. <laughs> I mean, I I cleaned every now and then, but you know, uh, you know, I, I did I did what I had to do, you know, f- you know, fast and efficient, so I can get back to my Nintendo time. You know, absolutely. You know, that's all. You know, clean. I try to get it done. Clean the room. Uh, I don't know because I had to. You had to get the cartoons out the way. Mm-hmm. You had X-Men came on at 11, mm-hmm. Silver Surfer at 11.30, and then WWF Superstars at 12. So, yeah, maybe it was around 1 o'clock we stopped cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. Or it would just be like, or, no, during the summertime, mm-hmm. after Superstars, all right, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got to enjoy the fresh air. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I saw kids riding their bikes today. Not today. But it was over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It and it just warmed my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some things never change, man. You got to you, you gotta go outside and be active. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. That's what. That's all I got. Um, yeah. Catch us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And then also... Social media, all our social medias, Facebook Live. Obviously, you know, thank you for watching. Mm-hmm. Catch up on Twitter, Instagram. Like I said, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. um, SoundCloud. Word. 
Yeah, I want to say that's about it. But if you Google us, you'll find us. Take that, take that, take that. What in the world are you <laughs> Just ran- random Diddy ad-libs in the back for no reason. <laughs> yeah, he did those. Yeah. <laughs> Bad boy. <laughs> Codex Prime. You know what? That's one podcast I would love to do. Putting it down. Is celebrate the record labels that we had. Uh, all the record labels? Yeah, like Bad Boy, Rockefeller, Uptown. I already just named two of my favorites, Rockefeller and Uptown. Uh, Shady Aftermath, G-Unit, which is kind of on Def, Def Jam? Yeah. Koch Records. Remember them? It was just an independent label before. Yeah. But I remember they were they were kind of like a punchline. Yeah, because they were independent. They weren't majors. But. Yeah. Or whatever record label uh, hosted the greatest hip-hop album of the 21st century. Macho Man's Be a Man. I hate you. Which you can find on Spotify. Be a man, Hulk. Come on, don't be scared. You running from Macho, that's what I heard. I don't have a feeling that you listened to this recently and Melly Mel's this record back to back. <laughs> I haven't listened to Melly Mel's disc record in a while, but um, when we put together our one of our top fives of 2023, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it on there. You will. Yeah, I don't doubt it at all. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, uh, that about wraps it up for this week. Um, uh, thank you all for watching and listening. Tune in next week. Codex Prime, same Codex Time, same Codex Channel. Uh, we are in the month of November. Oh no! Oh. So you know what that means. So, <laughs> so who knows? I might come through with some uh, with some Criterion Collection cinematic goodness for next week's episode. Oh yes, oh yes. The big you just c- spent. A, you just spent four hundred bucks on your childhood. Don't bring, why are you bringing up old shit? Listen, the big C. All right, Criterion in the house. We throw your C's up. Throw your C's up for next week's episode. Oh, there was one thing I forgot to mention about Comic Con. Oh, what's that? We made it a point to give ourselves a good laugh to say, "Hey, let's find the guy who had the Fantastic Four movie." Oh my god! <laughs> and just to see how much that movie cost. Oh yeah. So we found a vendor who was selling a DVD copy of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. We, we, we got to do a watch long. It was twenty bucks, and twenty one dollars too much. It was. So we decided oh, we're good. It's on YouTube. We got to do a watch long. We got to <laughs> do a watch along and just roast. I will say the Roger Corman one is probably better than all of Marvel's Phase Four. No, and with that. Uh, not at all. And I mean, what isn't? But anyway, as always, we will catch you on the flip. The DCEU. Uh, it's funny how the uh, Marvel's currently in their MCEU phase. Ah, peace yeah, out, I nerds. I saw, you, I saw you post that. You ain't slick. <laughs> anyway, uh, nobody's going to watch the Marvels. Peace out, nerds. Yeah, I will. <laughs>